your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Hope you all having a great Tuesday as we get closer and closer to now to the middle of the week and closer and closer to my beach trip uh, this weekend. I'll be going down to Virginia Beach with some family during the morning on Friday, but not to worry. I, I still will have an episode going up at some point on Friday for you all as we go into the weekend, You know, which is, of course, still four days away. But anyways, before I get uh, sidetracked even more, uh, for today, today's episode, we're going to touch on some Matthew Kachuk rumors and how it looks like he may want out of Calgary. Could the Penguins have some interest? What will it take for Pittsburgh to pry him out of Calgary? Does the fit make sense? We're going to go all over that in this first segment. We're also going to touch on what happened last night between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. You know, you hate to see what happened to the Islanders last night, everyone. Just you, you truly hate to see it. And I'm also going to go a little more in depth about, you know, Yoel Armia and if that fit makes a lot of sense for the Penguins, as well as potentially talk about Brandon Saad because he also is hitting the free agent market this offseason, though it's uh, we're unsure um, if the Penguins will have interest there. You know, they, they probably will because he is a Pittsburgh kid, but, you know, you never know at this point. But, okay, so last night the big rumor that has been going around is that Matthew Kachuk may want out of Calgary. He has one year left on his contract for $7 million. So this would uh, require a good amount of cap flexibility for Pittsburgh. I mean, if you look at Jay Fresh's model, um, his wins above replacement is 87%. Even strength offense ranks in the 93rd percentile. Power play in the 76th percentile. Uh, primary assists per 60, 85%. Goals per 60, 68 uh, percent penalties uh, drawn 84 percent finishing ability 68 percent and this is a very good player on a team that has just been kind of middling I think these last couple of years I think that's honestly the best way to put the Calgary Flames if you want more good Calgary Flames analysis go check out um, Jess Belmosto of Locked on Flames I think she does an extraordinary job over there for someone who doesn't even root for the team I think she covers the team um, to a very high level I, I will say that so definitely go check that out she also has her thoughts on the situation. But um, in terms of this, it would make so much sense for the Penguins. It honestly makes all the sense in the world. And this is a player, you know, Ron Hextall spoke about this after, you know, during his media uh, press conference after the season. He said, these are the kind of players that don't become available very often. So it's hard to go after them. You know, Kachuk fits into that mold. They're trying to get bigger. They're trying to get tougher. That is the kind of player you want to go after. Is it likely that the Penguins go get him? No. You know, could they go after him? Absolutely. You know, I expect them to maybe gauge some interest, but, you know, will they get him? I don't think so. It's going to have to take, you know, quite the package, I think, to get Kachuk out of Calgary. No, you're not going to trade Jake Gensel for him. That's a non-starter. If it were me, you know, if I'm proposing a trade package to go get Matthew Kachuk, you're looking at Brian Rust. I would I would put Samuel Poulin in there. There are not many people I would trade Poulin for, but I think Kachuk is one of them, and I would think you would also have the first-round pick in there uh, for whichever. I think they have the first-round pick in uh, next year's draft. So I think to start, it's Poulin a first and Brian Rust and potentially even more. 
Now, is that a price that Ron Hextall wants to pay for someone like Matthew Kachuk? I'm not sure. You know, like I said, as he said after his, you know, media or during his media conference, excuse me, I don't know why I keep saying after it, but during it, you know, when he wanted to, you know, get tougher and bigger, you know, like I said, just a couple minutes ago, these players don't become available very often. So when they do, you know, you're going to have a lot of teams going after them because they're very well coveted. And I'm sure there are other teams that have more cap space and more resources to give up than the Penguins. So I'm not saying that it's impossible for Pittsburgh to get Kachuk, but I definitely think it is a bit unlikely. If you go look at more of his stats this season, he was on the ice for 55.5% of the shot attempts, 58.5% of the actual goals for. Um, His expected goals for percentage was 55% as well. Scoring chances, 54.4%. Uh, high danger, uh, 54.8% of those when he was on the ice, and for actual high danger goals for uh, 54.7%. So he has some outstanding underlying numbers. He's a pest to play against. I mean, uh, imagine Kachuk going up against the Washington Capitals, you know, four to five times during the regular season, and then potentially in a six to seven game playoff series. I mean, I think Pitt- Pittsburgh fans would like Kachuk in an instant, especially if he did something to Tom Wilson or, you know, TJ Osher, any other. Um, of the Caps players. You know, he would be a fan favorite um, right away. I think in this deal, they would probably try to have Calgary eat some salary. I don't think Pittsburgh is is able to eat a full $7 million cap hit, even if it's just for one season. Yes, you maybe are looking at an extension for him, but I think the big thing is this team needs to win next year before a lot more serious changes are made. You know, I've talked about this on the podcast before. A lot of contracts are up next year. For the Penguins, I mean, obviously, Evgeny Malkin is likely going to be back. Chris Letang as well. Both their contracts are up next year, but I touched on this. Kasperi Kapanen, he's, his contract is up. I don't know if he's going to be back. Brian Russ' contract is up. I don't think he's going to be back either. You know, especially Well, if he's traded in this you know, hypothetical deal for Kachuk, he's not coming back anyway. But even if he's not included in that package or he's on the team going into next season, um, I doubt he is on the team um, after they finish the 2022 season, they are not going to pay that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of really good players that con- their contracts are up after next season. And that, that's going to be a big pivotal point for this franchise's history. You know, especially if they they come close next season, they don't win. What does Hextall and Burke do? They Do they try to take more runs at it when the core is even older? Or do they just say, hey, you know, it's time to retool and start the rebuild process. Let's sell off some assets. You know, I don't think the latter is likely, especially because Sidney Crosby's there, and as long as he is there, especially with Evgeny Malkin, this team is going to want to compete, and they are going to want to win Stanley Cups until they basically retire. But, you know, again, me me personally, I would love if Kachuk came to Pittsburgh. I mean, you could have a top six of, you know, Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, Kasperi Kapanen, Evgeny Malkin, Matthew Kachuk, and if they still have Jason Zucker on the team next year, I mean, that is a pretty filthy top six, especially if Zucker gets back to the level that he was playing on during the 2019-20 season, especially in the return to play when I think he was one of their top two to three best players. And then if they can get that Jason Zucker back next year and they somehow get Kachuk for a pretty big package, you know, you're replacing Rust with Kachuk. I mean, that top six, I think, is better than this season's top six. And I really liked this season's top six a whole lot. So sign me up for it. I am all for it. Um, like, like I said, though, I, I want to caution you all. It's definitely pretty unlikely 
that this happens, but you know, crazier things have happened, you know, with this franchise. I mean, remember back in 2013, they traded for Jerome McGinley when all hoped seemed to be lost, when it looks like he was going to Boston. They've made a lot of moves out of left field. And I definitely think this one would be out of left field for Hextall because he usually doesn't take big swings. He usually just likes to tinker with his rosters, not make a lot of major cha- changes. I know he did the Shen trade, I think, a few years ago. And I think a couple other ones as well. But, you know, he's not usually the type of general manager that likes to make a major blockbuster move. I mean, this move would also make sense for Brian Burke. He knows the player. He was there when I believe he was drafted. It fits his truculence system in quotation marks, excuse me. So um, I would love for this to happen. And it 100% fits the Penguins' needs, you know, for, you know, the the management. They want to be tougher to play against. They want to be harder to play against. And they want to get bigger. And they want to get tougher. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm sure this is not going to be the last Matthew Kuchuk rumor that we read throughout the offseason. But I wanted to touch on that for the first segment. What it would take for the Penguins to get him. And if the move makes sense. Which it obviously does. But, you know, he is going to cost quite a lot. And no, everyone, for the final time, uh, Jake Gensel should not be included anywhere in that trade package. But okay, we still have a lot more to get to for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast, including some thoughts on Yoel Armia, especially if Seattle takes Zach Aston Reese in the expansion draft. But before we do get to that, it's time to talk about rockauto.com. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. And here's a good question for you all. Why should you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto, it's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are very low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, right below prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Penguins. So as I load up some stats here for Yoel Armia, if I go to Natural Stat Trick, which I am doing right now. So this was the regular season for Armia. I played in 41 games, was on the ice for 54.5% of the shot attempts, uh, 60.9% of the actual goals for. His expected goals percentage was 52.7%. He was also on the ice for 56.6% of the scoring chances, um, high danger chances for around 49.7, but for actual high danger goals for, um, 65%, 65%, 13 goals for, 7 goals against. And then if you go to his counting stats, um, if I can just go to his hockey reference page real quickly here, uh, 7 goals, 14 points in 41 games. He honestly was um, definitely a bit unlucky this season, especially if you look at those underlying numbers. Um, again, this is a player, 6'4", 210 pounds. Um, he's 28, so you don't really have to sign him to a 4-5 to five year term like you did with Brandon Tanev. Uh, but again, this isn't another big body that just makes all this sense in the world for Pittsburgh. You know, if they want to get bigger, they want to get tougher. You know, sure, he's not a center. He, he's a, a natural right winger, but you could probably move him around the lineup. I'm sure he probably won't care as much. If you just look at more of his counting stats throughout the se- uh, the years uh, during the 2020 season, 16 goals, 30 points in 58 games. Season before that, 13 goals, 23 points in 57 games, and then 29 points in 79 games during the 2018 season. Um, if you look at more of his underlying numbers um, throughout his career, 
this was this was his best season for you know his Corsi with 54.5%. This was his best season ever for actual goals for. And then for expected goals, this was around, I think this was in his top three for the best season in terms of his expected goals. And then for his scoring chances, four percentage, um, this was at 56.6%. That is uh, a career high for him as well. So I don't think he's going to be super cheap. I mean, I don't think you're going to get him to say like a two-year, uh, $4 million deal. I think it's probably going to have to be around two and a half to three million per probably closer to three million per. But if you can get him, you know, for two years, six million, you know, three years. 9 million. I think that's fine. You're only paying him for ages, what, you know, 28 to 31, 29, 32, whatever at this point. You know, like I said, as long as you're not signing, you know, a, another Brandon Tanev contract when he goes to about his age 34, 35 year, I think they'll be okay. <laughs> you just, and luckily for Pittsburgh, Jim Rutherford is not there to give out a six year term uh, for another bottom six player. So that's definitely not going to happen. You know, Ron Hextall is not the kind of general manager. To do that, but you know, I'm just picturing the lineup in my head, especially if they somehow make a Kachuk trade and it includes Brian Russ and a couple other pieces. I mean, your your top twelve is probably consists, you know, the top six I mentioned it: Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, Kenny Malkin, Kasperi Kapanen, Matthew Kachuk, probably Jason Zucker. You know, your bottom six. This is assuming they take Zach Aston Reese, by the way. You know, Brandon Tanev, Teddy Bluger, Yoel Armia, Jared McCann, Frederick Goudreau. And I guess one of the kids, I mean, like Gary comes up. I mean, maybe they re-sign Evan Rodriguez or something like that. But that's still a really deep forward lineup. Now, you know, if they don't trade for Kachuk, you know, the forward lineup, well, the top six will remain the same, I think, from last season. You can still run Zucker with McCann and Freddie Goudreau. And then for your fourth line, you can just have Tanev with Bluger and Yoel Armia. I mean, that's a pretty damn good fourth line. You know, there's not only some good defensive players on that line, but there's also players that can provide some good depth scoring, especially what, from what you saw uh, from Teddy Bluger this year with how his offense broke out. And then you bring Yoel Armia onto that line, especially with what he's done in his past few seasons. I mean, that's still a pretty daunting bottom six. You still have the defense there of Dumoulin Latang. I think P.O. Joseph gets bumped up to the lineup full-time with John Marino. You probably have Marcus Pedersen there, maybe Mike Matheson. I'm not sure if Ron Hextall wants to make a trade there to move some salary out. You also have Chad Riedel there ready to step up, especially if Cody Ceci walks. I'm going to put that out there right now, everyone. I don't think I've made a prediction on this podcast yet. Cody Ceci is not going to come back to this team. I really don't see it. I don't think the Penguins will have the cap space to pay. I mean, this basically this one-year deal for him was just, okay, you know, let's see what I can do. Now that he exceeded expectations, he can go out and get a little bit of a payday that he deserves. I mean, his underlying numbers this year were through the roof. Um, even if you didn't even look at his analytics and you're not an analytics person, um, just watching him on the ice, I mean, he was just, it was night and day uh, from the last few seasons when he was with uh, Toronto and Ottawa where he could not play defense in his own zone to save his life. It definitely looked a bit rough to start the season, but after he settled in, working with Todd Reardon, um, CC uh, had a tremendous season. But with that said, I expect him to sign maybe a two to three year deal around maybe three million per. I think that's a fine contract for him. I just don't think the Penguins are going to be able to afford that, you know, with their salary cap issues going forward, just because, you know, this team is always up against the cap. You know, they, they would have to be a little creative, I think, to sign CC. And also, you know, the big thing is can you expect him to play like that again i'm i'm not sure that, that that's my big thing i don't know if he can replicate that again you can hope that he does you know he, he may especially because he knows the system he likes working with tar reardon i'm sure but you know can you definitely bank on that i, I think that's my big thing i think if chad Ruedel steps in um it's totally fine 
And like I said, with P.O. Joseph probably being bumped up to a full-time role, um, I don't really think the defense is going to miss a beat next year. But yeah, I mean, going back to what, the original point of this segment with Yoel Armia, it makes a lot of sense with his size. You know, he's tough. He's physical, you know, as Brian Burke and Ron Hextall like to say, you know, plays the game hard, you know, as they say as well, and he can ship in offensively. I have no problem, you know, getting bigger, you know, getting mean rune quotation marks. They're getting tougher, but, you know, as long as these players can play and chip in offensively and be good in their own zone, you know, that, that's really all I care about, you know, and if their numbers are good, then I'm a happy camper. You know, they can be physical, they can be hard to play against, tough to, tough to play against, etc., etc., all they want. But I think this will be a slam dunk acquisition for the Penguins if they would sign him in free agency, and I definitely expect... Uh, Hextall to be after a bottom six player, especially someone in Yoel Armia, if the, the Seattle does take Aston Reese, because that will be a big void that he would have to fill in the line, especially because Aston Reese is one of the best defensive players, not just on the team, but I think around the league. And I really do think that the loss of him would hurt the team a lot more than some people realize. I called him the most underrated and most underappreciated player on the team going into this past season, and I don't think I was wrong about that. That was one of the few things that I got right for this Penguin season. Now, I know, you know, I, I probably get old takes exposed a lot for a lot of stuff that happened with the season, especially when it comes to Cody Cece and maybe expecting Jason Zucker to be a lot better than he was, etc. But I definitely think I got the Aston Reese part right. Um, I'll say that. But okay, still have a little more to get to for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. We're going to touch on um, the two series in the next segment uh, with a couple other things, I think. But before we do that, it's time to talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. You can get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB. NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or phone and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. You can head to the website or use your phone to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code locked on. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's talk about what happened last night as the Tampa Bay Lightning utterly destroyed the New York Islanders in Game 5, 8 to nothing to take a 3-2 lead in the best of seven series. And now the hashtag cancel the Coliseum um, is in full effect. Hopefully tomorrow night um, has the last game ever at the Nassau Coliseum. It is such a dump. Um, I absolutely hate it, as I'm sure all of you that listen to this podcast know that. And, you know, you just you hate to see the Islanders' luck go against them. You know, the, the horseshoe started to come out of their butts a little bit last night. The way Tampa Bay played against them last night was the, the exact same way that the Penguins played against them in their Game 5 about a month ago. The biggest difference, everyone? They actually were rewarded for it. You know, they had a 3-0 lead going into the uh, second period, and then it was 6-0 going into the third, and Semyon Varlamov looked like crap, and then, wow, Ilya Sorokin actually looks human for a change and doesn't play like Superman. No, I'm not mad in the slightest anyone about Ilya Sorokin um, actually looking mortal last night and not godlike. I only wish he acted more mortal-like in Game 5, especially um, in the overtime where the Penguins had chance after chance after chance. And again, everyone know I'm definitely still not mad about that game. Nope, not in the slightest. But what a game it was for the Lightning. I mean, they came out 
and blitzed the Islanders right from the start. You know, New York had no answer for them. They weren't forechecking. They weren't even playing defensively. I definitely think you will see a different Islanders team tomorrow night, but I, I said Tampa Bay in six before this started. I am going to stick with that. I think tomorrow night they close out the dump that we call the Nassau Coliseum for good, and they will go back to the Stanley Cup final to defend their title. Um, they're just the Lightning are just so much fun to watch. They are what I want the Penguins to be uh, for the last few years of Sidney Crosby's uh, prime years. I guess I guess for as long as the window is open. That that's how I want the Penguins to play. Sure, you know they cheated the salary cap, but you know the Blackhawks also did it with Patrick Kane just a few years ago. So and, and the outrage honestly wasn't even as big then as it was now with Kucherov. I mean there there was still some outrage, but it definitely wasn't as big um, as what with what happened. This past season with his injury, but still, Tampa Bay is the juggernaut. When they're on like that, there is not a team in the world that can beat them. I fully again, I fully expect for them to go back to the Stanley Cup final game five tonight is between Vegas and Montreal in Las Vegas. Mark Andre Fleury for some reason is getting this start. I really don't understand why Peter DeBoer is going back to him. I guess they're just going to keep flip flopping goalies until one of them. Um, gets their groove back. I, I'm not really sure. I would have went with Leonard tonight. You, you, they went to him in game four. It worked. He only allowed one goal. And I guess that was a, a message sending to Flurry. But now you're just going to start him in game five when everything is almost on the line. You know, usually the team that goes up three to two in the series wins. I mean, I think it's been like that. Um, all playoffs long for this year, and I think for mostly last year as well. So that's definitely a curious decision uh, for Vegas. I do expect the Golden Knights to win tonight to go up three games to two, and then I do expect the series to be over um, in Montreal on Thursday. I really hope I don't get old takes exposed to that. If that does not happen, you are free. Any of you are free to come at me in my DMs. You can add the podcast Twitter account, or you can add my personal Twitter account, at Hunter Hodes, uh, if I do get this wrong. But I'm definitely hoping that I do not get it wrong. And of course, I'm also hoping that we do get a Tampa Bay-Las Vegas final because those are two run-and-gun teams that play with a lot of speed and a lot of skill. Sure, they can play good defensively, but they four-check hard. And it's just a lot of fun hockey to watch. And yes, everyone, we are also nearing the end, finally, just a couple more weeks of the NBC TV deal. I keep seeing, you know, that this huge, you know, that Honda Sports Text I think that they have. And it's like, wow, you're really going to invest for that for the playoffs when you could have done that any other season, even though you know you're losing the NHL um, in the next couple of weeks. I just, I find that so funny to me because they're really not going to need it again, um, probably ever, because I don't even know if the NHL is ever going to go back to NBC, even after this next TV, TV deal is up with ESPN Internal Sports. But, you know, it won't be a, a moment too soon. We are almost done with Pierre Maguire. I don't even know if he's going to be working the Stanley Cup final. I, I think he, I think that their A-team is going to be Kenny Albert, Brian Boucher, and I'm hoping it's Joe Micheletti, but I, 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 I'm hoping it's not Pierre. I don't think it is because Pierre, I think, is on the B team right now, um, at least from what I can tell, at least. So this might be the last series that we see Pierre Maguire work uh, for a long time when it comes to hockey. So let's savor that. Um, go watch the game tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. I appreciate every single one of you listening to this episode. This was the 300th episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, whether it's one episode, whether it's 10, whether it's all 300 somehow, if you've listened to all 300 episodes, um, I'll just, I'll kiss you on the mouth right now.
But again, thank you all so much for continuing to listen to this podcast. I understand that the numbers have gone down a bit since the playoffs. I mean, that that is expected, though. You know, I I definitely did expect that. You know, off season, especially well before the draft and free agency and during the playoffs, where the Penguins are not in, not as many people are going to listen. I totally get that. You know, it's not the peak time to listen to a Penguins podcast, but that's not. Uh, that's not doesn't mean that I'm going to stop giving you all content. I love doing this every day of the season. And even when it does go to three days a week, um, I think that's going to be late July and then August. I'm still going to be very excited to give you all some uh, great Penguins content. But the season reviews will return tomorrow. I'm not sure who I'm going to be doing yet. I, it'll be a surprise for you all. And we'll also touch on a few other things related to the Penguins as well. But thank you all for so much for listening to this one and continuing to support this podcast. If you, you have not yet, go on Apple, go on Spotify, rate it, give me a review. If you think the podcast sucks, well, I hope that you wouldn't be listening to it. But if you think this podcast is awesome... Give it a five out of five stars. I would very much appreciate that. Write a review. Tell me what you like about it. Tell me what you think I should do to improve on it and all that good stuff. But again, thank you so much for listening to this episode and let's do another one of these tomorrow.